Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. So good, to be, so good to be with you. I sent, uh, Heidi's not going to be with us today. We had a house full of guests all weekend long. They're trying to get out of town today, this morning. And so she's going to make sure that they get off okay. And uh, so she just goes, did you tell the people where I was? And that she's a trooper. Heidi Lynn will be here. She doesn't even need sleep. You know, she's just like, I'm going. And uh, she needed to be home today to, to help our family get on the, get on the road. And and so uh, she sends her love as well. Uh, thank y'all again. Just thank y'all. So proud of y'all. Y'all are amazing. The best people in the world that I've ever met is in St. Landry Parish or, or North Lafayette Parish. Because I know some of y'all are across the line over there. Hollis, will you cross the line? North Lafayette. We call that South Opelousas. <laughs> so one more time, put your hands together for one another. Love, thank y'all. I, I want to share, Pastor Jacob and I are collaborating on this series called Crosswords and just taking kind of the last seven things. There's seven different things that Jesus says on the cross. I don't know that we're going to get to all seven of them leading up to Easter and just talking about what Jesus said from the cross and really what the Holy Spirit would teach us through that. Um, everybody say suffering. Anybody here never suffered? I mean, we're all going to walk through some stuff, right? In life, you're going to walk through some pain. You're going to walk through some things, misunderstandings. You're going to walk through some hurts. And uh, I, I want to just talk about, as we're talking about Jesus, and as he's getting ready to die, I mean, he's in his last moments, and the things that he said, you know, that's some important stuff. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity in my line of work, I've had the privilege to be near people and with people as they're passing. Uh, it's, it's amazing what people will say. It's kind of like they know it's about to happen, the last words that they're saying. In fact, I'd like to give you some of the famous last words of people. Uh, some of these people you're going to probably have heard of. I'll, I'll describe them as best as I can. But uh, I want to I give you some of the last words of well-known agnostics and atheists. And if you don't know what an agnostic is, that's someone who's not quite sure. Is there a God? Is there not a God? An atheist would be someone who says, I don't believe in God. He does not exist. And this is all a farce. This is just a game that we're all playing. And would say, there is no God. And I want to read some of the famous atheist last words. This is Thomas Paine. He was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, and he actually wrote a book called The Age of Reason. And this is what he said on his deathbed. Stay with me, for God's sake. I cannot bear to be left alone. Oh, God, help me. What have I done to suffer so much? What will become of me after? I would give all the world if I had not written that book, The Age of Reason. Oh, Lord, help me. Christ, help me. Oh, don't leave me. Stay with me. Send even a child to stay with me, for I am on the edge of hell, here alone. If the devil ever had an agent, I was the one. 
Voltaire, famous French atheist. I am abandoned by God and man. I will give half of my worth if you give me six more months to live. He told his doctor. His doctor responded that that was not possible. Afterwards, he responded, then I shall die and go to hell. His bedside nurse said, for all the money in Europe, I, will not, I would not want to see another atheist die. Anton LaVey, author of the Satanic Bible who died in 1997, his reported dying words, oh my, oh my, what have I done? There is something very wrong. There is something very wrong. Now I want you to listen to the words of some famous Christians or well-known Christians at their passing. William Wilberforce was a member of the, uh, the uh, British Parliament and was given the credit and deservedly of abolishing slavery in Great Britain. Here's what he said. My affections are so much in heaven that I can leave you all without regret. Yet I do not love you less, but God more. John Newton, he is the author of the, I call it the national anthem of heaven, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. He was a slave trader and then ended up giving his life to Jesus and helped William Wilberforce abolish slavery. And this is what he said at his deathbed. I am still in the land of the dying, but I will soon be in the land of the living. John Wesley, co-founder of, United, of the, the Methodist Church, the best of all is God is with us. Farewell. I love that. I'm going to say that to Heidi when I go. I love you, baby, but farewell. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist of the 1800s. I love this. I see the earth receding. Heaven is opening and God is calling me. Andrew Jackson, seventh president of the United States, at his death said, my dear children, do not grieve for me. I am God's. I belong to him. I go but a short time before you, and I hope and trust to meet you in heaven. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said to his son at his side before his passing, his son's name was Bramwell, all the homeless children, Bramwell, my son, all the homeless children, look after the homeless children. Promise me, was his last words. Isn't that incredible? Can you see the difference? Ah, ought to be a Christian. To be a believer of Jesus, heaven is not my goal. Heaven is my home. This is just temporary. We're just passing through, baby. This is the land of the dying, and we're going to the place of the land of the living. Okay, you got to give God praise for that. Amen. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the words. And I'm going to probably go with probably the most one that you probably already know. In fact, you could probably finish it for me where Jesus would say these words. Father, forgive them for they. Oh, for they know not what they do. And I, I want to just take that. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Of course, Jesus is speaking of the very ones who are actually going through the crucifixion. I mean, you're talking about the lashes on his back, the nail-pierced hands and feet. And I just want to look and see what God is teaching us 
from these words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I'm going to give you just four, four thoughts, and then I'm going to give you a, just three, three little application points. I want you, let's, let's first, let's go to number one, the source of forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. forgiveness. Uh, the source of forgiveness is found in the Father. It's not in us. Let's be honest. How many of you have ever had a hard time forgiving somebody? I'm raising my hand first. And you just go, just say their, no, don't say their names. I was like, <laughs> sometimes that's hard to give. Sometimes to let it go, to forgive them, to apply forgiveness to them. And I, I want you to, I want to read this in the Passion Translation because I think it gives us a little better understanding of just that Father forgiveness where they know not what they do. I love the Passion Translation. It kind of fills in the blanks a little bit, harmonizes with Scripture. And we're going to read Luke chapter 23, verse 24. You read the yellow with me. Luke 23. While they were nailing. This is not after the fact. This is not, he's on the cross and they did their deed and Jesus comes to his senses and says, hey, I'm Jesus, I need to forgive people. No, while they were, while they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed, oh, don't miss over and over. Over and over, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Over and over. So the premise of forgiveness is, God has given me what I do not deserve. Can we, can we agree with that? That's the premise, that God, when I ask God to forgive me, and I've asked people this a lot in my ministry, how long does it take God to forgive you? I don't know, when you go to God and you're truly repentant, Sorry, a change of mind about your behavior, what you did, or sometimes what you didn't do. How long does it actually take God to forgive you? I mean, you get it out of your mouth and it's applied. Forgiveness is applied immediately. So it's, it's not as if there's time. So God has given you what you do not deserve. So how can I not give people what they don't deserve. I'm going to talk to you about unforgiveness because unforgiveness does something really crazy. You've heard me say this before. Unforgiveness is like drinking the poison, waiting for the offender to die. I'm just going to keep drinking it. And so the premise is of forgiveness is God has given me what I do not deserve so that I can give to others what they don't deserve. Here's the, remember, the source of forgiveness is not from you, it's from God. Remember when you got born again? What happened to you? Christianity is the only religion in the world, of the world's religions, that believe that the founder of the religion, when you repent and ask God to be born again, that he comes and now he lives inside of God you he's living in you muhammad if you're a muslim they don't believe that muhammad lives inside of them no other religion believes that the founder of the religion when you surrender your heart to him and be born again that that 
founder, now comes his spirit, the Holy Spirit, now lives inside of you. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when he comes inside of you, now he gives you what he has. Oh, some of you are hard to love. You ever felt that way? You said, man, I, don't really, I, don't, I, I love them. I just don't like them. You know, you, where does that love come from? No, no, Eugene is selfish. Eugene only thinks of him. I need another source. I, I need a source. I need to be able to tap into another source. It's the love of Jesus in someone's life that loves through you. And so forgiveness is one of, is another, one of those that you have to go, no, I got to tap in. It's inside of me. So I can forgive those who hurt me while they're hurting me. Are you okay right now? But I don't for, forgive. I don't feel like forgiving people. It's it's not in me. No, it, it is in you because the originator, the author of forgiveness, which Christianity is the foundation of Christianity, is about forgiveness. Can we say praise God? That we were all in need of forgiveness, all of us. We were all fallen short of the glory of God. And we came to this source and he forgave us. And now he lives inside of us. And now that he's inside of us, he wants us to be the agent of forgiveness to the world. I was going to tell this funny story on Heidi, but she's not here. And then y'all will tell her and then I'll be in trouble. <laughs> Unless y'all all promise not to tell her. No, I can't, I can't tell her. I, I can't tell her. No, it's okay. I'm learning. The Lord's really helping me. I'm growing right now. God's going to give forgiveness to you so he can get forgiveness through you. The agent of forgiveness. I, I can't, this is what really gets me in this verse. While they were nailing him to the cross, he prayed over and over and over and over, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. So that leads us to number two, that I must continually process my pain with the Father. Now, this is where you got to be careful because that's not where we normally go with pain. You go to your mom and them. You call your brother. Let me tell you what happened to me. Instead, he said, where do I take my pain? I take it to the Father. Some of you really need to lean in on this one because some of you have taken your pain to every other place that nobody can do anything about it. There's only one that can do something about it. It's the Father. You got to take your pain to God. You got to take it to God and go, God, Heidi's not here. I would say this. I would not say this if you're here. I'd say, this sucks. We can probably take that off the podcast. You know, we're, somebody that you can take it to. The only one that can really knows and understands the pain. He prayed over and over while in pain. So what's he showing us over and over? That's what I do with pain. I go to the Father with it instead of going to everybody else. I got to pour out my pain to the only one who truly loves me and understands me. Pour out your pain. I love the story when Jesus, Peter's going to come to Jesus 
And he's going to ask him how many times I must forgive my brother. How many of you know when somebody like Peter's coming to ask Jesus how many times I forgive my brother, it's probably because one of his brothers, one of the disciples, has offended him or hurt him again. How many times? And, and Peter puts a number on it. You remember the number? Seven times? Because he's on number six right now. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. How many times do I have to forgive him? Seven times. And what does Jesus say? Seventy times seven. Seventy times seven. Do the math real quick. Seventy times seven. Seven to seven to zero. zero. That's zero. Then seven to four. I'm carrying the four. We just drop the four. Four hundred and ninety. Is that right? Four hundred and ninety times. Do I have to forgive? Was Jesus saying you have to forgive your brother four hundred and ninety times? No, he was using hyperbole. He was putting a number out there. What was he really meaning? Over and over and over and over and over again. Married people, are you listening to me? How many times do I got to forgive? Over and over and over again. I believe we all have that thing in our past, that hurt, that pain that we haven't been able to get over. It's that one. It doesn't mean that some, you have to forgive somebody who's offended you 490 different times. What it means is you're going to have to take that one thing and when, when, when it comes up, you're going to have to go to the Father with it and say, Lord, I forgive them. And Lord, would you heal my heart? But I release them. I give them forgiveness in Jesus' name. And it's going to go away from you. But tomorrow, it's coming back. Here it comes again. In fact, even in this message, it may be coming back. Because I'm reminding you of things in your past. And, but I'm also telling you what to do with it. So it comes back up again, and you go to the Father again. It means that you may have to forgive for the very one incident over and over and Have we heard that before? Over and over and over again till finally the wound has healed and it doesn't come back anymore. The enemy would love to exploit your pain by continually to bring it to your mind over and over. Here's what I found out to be true about over and over again. When you think of your pain, it gets bigger and bigger. It doesn't get smaller and smaller. Have you ever noticed that? Well, my daddy told me when I was a kid, and that hurt me. 40 years later, it's grown from, hey, punk, go to work, to he abused me. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger in our mind. That's what the enemy wants to do with you. Are y'all tracking with me? So, but we go, where, where do I find? It's in you. How many of you have been forgiven of everything you've ever, I'm going to help you in a minute. Uh, two, two people have been forgiven of everything they've ever done. I'm obviously not preaching the right gospel in this church. Forgiveness, forgiveness is forgiving. To give it. Well, when they come say they're sorry, they don't have to come say they're sorry. You can forgive them before they ever say anything. I told you a few weeks ago, this is true. I'm waiting. There's going to be a meeting of some extended family members in our family. There's going to be a meeting that we haven't spoken to in 20 years. It's going to be, I can't, this is how the meeting's going to go. I promise you, it's going to go like this. 
We're just coming to say we're sorry. Please forgive us. And we're just going to sit there and go, it's okay. We forgave you 20 years ago. We don't have, you don't have to. You're released. We forgive you. It's forgiven. Pain, listen to me about pain. Pain is often a tool God uses in our lives for good, even if the situation or the people are not good. Let me tell you something. Some of the people that hurt me the worst in my life, I can now look back because of forgiveness, and they were the biggest blessings in my life. Because they drove me back to God again, where I needed to be all along. Oh, serious. I got, I got about 50% of you tracking with me. The rest of you are like, oh, you don't know what happened to me. I don't. I don't. Watch this. Let me, let me give you number three. This one will hurt a little bit. I cannot attribute the worst motive to others who hurt me. We, we, we do that. Human nature is to go, they hurt me and I know why they hurt me. I know what their motive is. Isn't it crazy how you don't want other people judging your heart, but all of a sudden you become the judge of all the earth and able to judge other people's heart? What is it about us that we always attribute the worst motive? When someone hurts us, we always attribute the worst motive to it. Right? Uh, I think it was, who was, somebody just told me this story the other day. Was it, maybe it was Pastor Jacob, I can't remember. One of, one of our pastors or somebody, or was it here? I can't remember. I'm getting old. I, I don't remember. Does that happen when you get old? A senior moment? One of our pastors was driving down the road, and this car just comes driving erratically. I mean, they, you ever, they kind of swerve in your lane, and then, and then something comes out of your mouth that probably shouldn't. Oh, quit acting like y'all are all that holy. Y'all aren't that holy. You go, whoa, you don't go, oh, bless God, bless you. You don't, you go, what the, you know. He said, scared him, and man, he's driving, and he's just driving erratic, and man, he's going, I'm going to get my phone, I'm calling 911, and, and the traffic slows down, and man, he pulls, and then he pulls up, and, then, and there's a wife in the front, she's got a little baby that's projectile vomiting all in, the, all in the car. How many of you know that changed everything, right? I mean, first you're going, man, you, 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 you crazy, you, then you pull up there and you realize someone is going through a 911, if you've ever had a baby that projectile vomiting, you're graced in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Can we just grace anybody with an infant project? But did you notice what happened? You always go to the worst motive instead of the best motive. Maybe it's a 911 crisis in their life. They just, they just almost swerved over and hit me, but you go directly to the worst motive. Okay, watch this. How do you want people to judge your heart? By your actions or by your motives? I want people to judge me by my motives. That doesn't mean you're not going to hurt someone, 
but your motive may not have been to hurt them. You might have hurt them without realizing you were hurting. Has anybody here ever hurt somebody without meaning to hurt somebody? Of course, it's called earth. And we accidentally hurt someone. Husband, have you ever said the right thing the wrong way? That hurt me. Oh, baby, well, I didn't mean to hurt you. Get over it. No, no, no. You go, I'm sorry. Let me share my heart with you. That was not what I meant. How many men have ever had, to, we call it crawfishing. You say something and then you go, no, 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 baby. What I meant was. <laughs> oh, men are professional. We can walk backwards for miles. We don't have to look back. We ain't hit nothing. We'll just walk. I can walk out of this church. I can drive home in reverse. I'm a professional crawfisher. Trust me. I don't want to judge heart. Has Heidi ever said anything to me? And I go, baby, baby, whoa, 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 rewind. I'm going to give you another chance to say that a different way. No, no, baby, I didn't mean, I know you didn't. I've talked to thousands of men in 35 years of ministry. All of us have a little daddy wound somewhere. But most of the time, we applied the wrong motive. Most of our daddies were loving us with the best that they had because of the way they were loved. And once I realized, wait a minute, my daddy doing a way better job than his daddy did. I understand now. I'm applying the best motive, even to something that might have cost me a little temporary pain. I'm gracing that in Jesus' name. Because I don't want to keep walking with the limp into the next generation. Are y'all tracking with me? We just give it to God. I need the source. I can't contribute the worst. We judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our motives. Listen to what we meant. Look what Hebrews 5 and 8 says. Although he was a son, Jesus, who had never been no di disobedient to his father, ever, he learned active and special obedience through what he suffered. So even suffering can be a blessing to us when it drives us back to God. Uh, look, listen to this. When we're unwilling to forgive others, it's not an issue between us and them. It is now an issue between me and God. We don't have a choice. Forgive them. Y'all remember the Lord's Prayer? Y'all remember that? How many of you grew up praying the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> some people got some charismatic Catholics in here. <laughs> some of you'll get that later. <laughs> you remember it? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Whoa, 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 pause for a second. No, 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 pause. And forgive us of our trespasses as 
No, 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 you're missing it. And forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive. Let's go down one more time because I don't think you're picking up what he's laying down. And forgive us of our trespasses. Forgive those who trespass against us. As we. As we. As we. As we. Have you ever prayed to God and didn't feel forgiven? I, I prayed and I asked God to forgive me, but I don't feel forgiven. Oh, there's this one little passage in the Bible. If you, if you slip over, we like to use the passage because we like it because it, it feels good. It's one of those feel-good passages that says something like this, press down, shaking together, and running over. Oh, we like that. We put it in a song, press down, shaking together, running over. The Lord's going to bless you, press down, shaking together, running over. This is out of context. It's not talking about blessing you. He's talking about judge not, lest you be judged in the same measure. In the same measure that you forgive, I'll forgive you. Press down, shaking together, running over. How do you want to be forgiven? I want instant. I want press down, shaking together, running over. I want God to go, you're released. Then he's saying, then you release. Let me give you number four. Forgiveness from God is the foundation of my salvation. Being born again. The releasing of forgiveness to others is the measure of my spiritual maturity. Pastor Jacob wrote this line. Let me read it. Whatever areas of my life I stop receiving forgiveness from God and stop giving to others, it's the place that I stop my spiritual growth. I cannot grow beyond that. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't want you to stop growing. And, and this could be a very thing that, you know, no, no, I'm good today. I'm good today. No, no, it's, gonna, it's, the, it's that thing that keeps replaying. The enemy plays the highlight reel for you. It just, it just comes back. That's what the meaning of resentment is. To, be, to resent something, that means it just keeps replaying in your mind. Well, what happened was, and it gets bigger as time goes on. It gets worse as time goes on. Instead, you could take that to the Father and go, Lord, you've forgiven me for everything. So I release, and you can name them. I release them. What they did to me, they hurt me. And I'm going to release that to you, God. And I forgive them. I for, you've given it to me. Now I give it to them in the name of Jesus. And you're going to feel the peace of God. You are. You're going to feel the peace of God. You go, oh, I felt so good. Praise God. Praise God. Tomorrow, the enemy may bring it up and say, hey, let me show you this video again. And you're going to go, Lord, thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. And thank you, Father. You wiped them all away. And because of that, I forgive. And you're going to name them again. And you can say, for what they did, I release them in Jesus' name. Thank you. And then another day's going to come up. Something's going to trigger it. It's going to come back again. It's going to start. 
you stop immediately and say, Father, thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. And Lord, because you've forgiven me, I'm now forgiving them. Name them again. I release them for what they've done to me, and I turn them over to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And then tomorrow, are y'all tracking with me? So when Jesus said 70 times 7, that he's talking about for the same thing. Every single time. Can I tell you what will happen one day? It'll quit running. It won't come back to you again. It's going to stop running. And then you're going to see him. Don't take what I'm saying. Go, well, listen, I, we've counseled wives who've walked through abusive relationships. Forgive them. Doesn't mean you have to reconcile and go back and restore the relationship. Are y'all tracking with me? You don't have to, it, you know, it would not be safe for that to happen because they haven't come to their own forgiveness and their own awakening with Christ. Are you tracking with me? Doesn't mean you have to go back. It just means you have to do your part and your side. Is this good? Are y'all, is this helping anybody? Okay. So let me give you, Vic's going to come help me. How do I receive forgiveness and continue to give it, to give it to others? Number one, you, gotta, you, you just got to, one, confess. Everybody say confess. Yeah, what does that mean to confess? This is what it means to confess. It means, God, I agree with you. I agree. It's, it's sitting in the room today going, Pastor Eugene, I'm hearing you expound on God's word, and I agree with it. That's confession. I confess your word is real and true and right, and I'm going to act on it. I confess, number one. Number two is you need to repent for any personal sin and for any person that you've refused to forgive. Look at me. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, but they deserve judgment. Look at me right here. You and I cannot judge people's hearts. We, we just do our part and then we ask God to step into the middle and he will take care of that. Listen, if God needs to sick them, it will be far worse what God does to them than anything you would do to them. So you just, this is, this is where God just comes into the scene and just says, baby, step back. Let me take care of this. And you go, you got it, God. I give them to you. You'll do what you need to do. And I can't worry about that. I just got to worry about me and you. And you've forgiven me, so I'm forgiving them. Freely I receive, freely I give. In Jesus' name. So confess, so repent for any personal sin of withholding forgiveness. Father, forgive them for what I knew, what would they do? Over and over and over while they were crucifying him. Father, Father, forgive them. And then let me give you number three. Number one, confess. Number two, repent. And let me give you number three. Release them. With your mind and with your mouth. I release them. I release them. I can't tell you how many times I've said that in 35 years. I release them. I release them. Thank you, Father. I release them. 
you need to, with your mind and your mouth, release them at the same cross where you were released from your sin and in the same way you were released from your sin. I release them. I release them. I release them. I release them. Anybody you need to release today? I release them. Father, forgive me for not giving forgiveness. I've received it from you freely, and how can I withhold it? And I release them. I give it away. Lord, am I going to have to do this tomorrow? Over and over and over and over. How many times? Seven? No, 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 no. Seventy times seven. Over and over and over. Even while they're hurting me, even while they're hurting you. Father, 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 forgive them. Tapping into the other source, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Could you imagine following? This just came to my mind right now. So, Holy Spirit, I think this is you. If it's not you, don't kill me. Could you imagine how different it would be if Jesus squirmed and screamed and tried to get out of the crucifixion? It was even the centurions who were going after he died said, this truly was. They saw the way that he suffered. I was just talking to one of our young, young men on our staff, and I go, can I, can I tell you how you, you really tr- tell spiritual maturity? And I was, I was coaching him up. I was pastoring him. I was going, dude, you got to change, bro. Man, you, I walk into a room, I can tell what mood you're in. I said, dude, you sucking the air out the room. With your face, could you identify, let your face know that got a little Eeyore spirit upon you, bro. And he's going through a lot. I've ministered to him. And he's going through a lot. I said, dude, you got, you got changes. And I said, you know how you can tell spiritual maturity? It's tough to tell what season you're in. Have you ever notice that with spiritual season? It doesn't matter if it's bad season. They go, praise God. God's good. Good season. Praise God. God's good. 1.4 million, praise God, God's good. Ain't got no money in the bank, praise God, God's good. You, you can't tell what season they're in. They're in high, they never too high, they're never too low. And so I, I went, I, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, can you imagine Jesus trying to get out of it? Is, it? is it possible that the world would see the witness of Christ? in our lives, no matter what is going on around us, that there is always peace in the middle of the storm, going, I know my God. Do your part. Make sure that there's no one that you're holding forgiveness from. You release them. Let God step in and deal with that. You don't have to deal with it. Isn't that good? You don't have to deal with it. I don't have to solve my, my family's problems. My extended family ain't my business. I didn't break it. I can't fix it. God's going to have to step in and do that. 
Who is my mother? Who is my brother? He who does the will of the Lord. That's my mother. That's my brother. That's my sister. Let me give you this last little. I've, I've shared this through the years, but years and years ago, had a woman in our church said, Pastor Eugene, can I visit with you for a minute? Sure. We're visiting. She goes, uh, my husband's had an affair. so sorry it's terrible she goes through all of this and I go well when did this happen I mean you're thinking it happened like last night and she goes oh 10 years ago 10 years ago and I'm just going and I know her husband he's in the church Working in the church, serving in the church, men's Bible studies, serving, smile of God on his face, glow of God. If, he, if you would have pointed that out and told me that, I said, nah. Like, oh my God. Yes, it's, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. I said, man, this is tough, tough, sister. It's tough. It's so tough. Oh, you have no idea. I said, I don't have any idea. I have no idea. None. Zero. I said, it's, it's almost like you're in a prison, isn't it? She goes, yes! Exactly! Finally, someone understands. I'm in a prison. I am in a prison. I said, yeah, you want to get out? She goes, Yes. I've been trying to get out for 10 years. I said, I know how to get out. I know where the key is. Where is it? It's in your pocket. And it's always been in your pocket. It's been in your pocket. What do you mean? You ready? Forgive him. You got to forgive him. You have to forgive him. No, God commands you to forgive him. From that moment on 10 years ago, it was the catalyst that turned him around to seek God, to become a man of God. And he's been a man of God for 10 years. And she stayed in the same exact spot. He'd been growing spiritually for 10 years and she stayed exactly in the same spot where she was not willing to give forgiveness to a husband that was repentant, broken, seeking God, seeking men in his life, getting discipled, becoming a prayer warrior. Now he's a mighty intercessor. Can I just tell you this? This is, now we're talking probably 15 years ago. 15, now she's a mighty prayer warrior too. God took him, so he became the spiritual leader of his home. He grew, and finally, from that moment on, she said she was applying the key. She was releasing him. She released. She walked out the prison door, started following her husband. Now they're two of our great intercessors in our church. All she had to do was take the key out of her pocket. Listen to me. I know where the key is, too. I know, Pastor, you don't understand. I know, I don't understand. <laughs> Yours is the worst. No one's ever had it worse than me. Oh, yes, they have. You just think it's worse because it's you. And I know where the key is to forgive your daddy. It's in your pocket. I know where the key is to let your mama go. It's in your pocket. 
I know where it is to let your husband go. It's in your pocket. To let your wife go. It's in your pocket. Let your kids go. It's in your pocket. Let the boss go. It's in your pocket. Your ex-boss. In your pocket. Ex-wife. In your pocket. Ex-husband. In your pocket. I don't, I'm not sure what, hu- what husband or marriage you're on now. Just make this one your last one. <laughs> Promise me. Just make this the last one. No more exes. You ain't got that many keys. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got a whole string of keys. It's funny, but it ain't really. <laughs> no, we all fall short. Thank you for the grace of God, whether you're on your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Grace of God is in your pocket. Lord, so today we confess our sin to you. We confess with our mouth. We release them in Jesus' name. Go ahead and just tell, just whisper their name. Nobody needs to hear. You know who they are. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Father, those who are struggling with the over and over and over again, the replay, the resentment. Father, today we're, I'm equipping. We're just equipping. You're equipping us 70 times 7, 490 times for the same thing that keeps replaying. So Father, we're just gonna, it's going to drive us to you. I don't have the ability to forgive, but because you live inside of me and you've forgiven, would your forgiveness come out of me? to be applied to them to unlock the door so that I can walk free. I think I'm putting them in prison, but I'm only putting myself in prison. So we release them. Family members, family members, we release them. Those who have abused us physically, those who've hurt us, those who've spoken death over us, we release them because now we step into, we've been born again. Now we're into a new spot, a new place, a new father who speaks new words over us that we are the head and not the tail. We are the righteousness of Christ. Father, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood set apart to declare the praises of our God. Father, we receive your word today. Set your people free. Set your people free. And for those that are coming, the arrows that are coming to hurt us, equipping us now to realize, oh, no, no, we can say it while we're being hurt. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. So thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now, just the forgiveness of God. Just receive it, the forgiveness of Thank you for forgiving us. You might be here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Oh, you need to re- reconcile a relationship between him and you. Oh, we, we, we can offend God too, you know. Doing things our own way. Things we've said, things we've done, things we've thought. Wouldn't it be cool if you could get all of that erased? Jesus said you can't erase it by being born again. You can be born again. You can renew and reconcile a relationship with Almighty God. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's ready to apply forgiveness to your life. All you have to do is confess that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. 
And maybe you're here today and you're ready to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior to be born again. I want to pray with you right now. Would you just lift your hand up all over the room? If you're ready today, go, today's my day. I want to be born again. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. I see your hands. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? Would you pray this out loud? We're going to pray it with you together. Would you say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt and you died for it. I believe you face hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Jesus, I repent. I turn away from my sin to be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all receive this word today.